off the ball. Somebody says this is bizarre radio. Ice cream on a pancake. Tuna. <laughs> He's brought shame to the whole town, village where he lives. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. Off the ball. With Samsung. Share the epic with the new Samsung Galaxy S23 Ultra. All right, Cora Staunton, you're very welcome to Off the Ball. Thank you. Thanks, Billy, for coming in. No problem. We've set you an assignment, and to say that you delivered in spades is putting it mildly. We've asked you to go off and pick a few photographs that sort of represent your career, and in, nobody should be in the slightest bit surprised. You uh, totally understood the assignment and totally delivered first. These are an amazing uh, selection of photographs you brought in. Yeah, I don't think it's down to me. Uh, I think, obviously, when I, I wrote my book a couple of years ago, um, that was an assignment that was put to me, obviously, to get photos. Um, so I ended up didn't get any of them. There were different people that had them. So, yeah, I think it tracks from right when I was probably the youngest photos, probably when I was maybe eight, nine, right through, I suppose, to recent times in Australia when maybe two or three years ago. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it definitely um, takes my uh, career um, all over. It's a long span, obviously, of a career. So, yeah, from probably when I'm seven or eight to right through to now and it's a real roller coaster ride as well of emotions and everything else so we're going to get into that over the next 25 or 30 minutes uh, we are here of course in partnership with Samsung share the epic with the new Samsung Galaxy uh, Galaxy S23 Ultra boost brighten and sharpen all the pictures and videos that you capture after dark from gigs poster and drinks and the uh, power of nitography if you happen to be at a game uh, probably equally as good for that as well so we're going to jump in here we've seven photographs that we want to get to and it, we'll try and go in some sort of chronology which I think uh, means that we're kicking off with this one, is that right? Yeah, yeah. So that's um, my local national school where I went to uh, Carnegie National School. So that was um, obviously the first time I was really introduced into uh, boys' football or football in general. And as you can see for the photograph, there's what about 12 of us in it, and I'm the only girl. Mm. Um, I suppose the other big thing in it, so I have two brothers in it, a brother beside me um, at the front and a brother um, at the back. So um, yeah, I suppose for me, um, you know, you're asked all the time where it all started, and um, certainly for me it was in, in national school um, we had a very good principal Arthur Sullivan who just had no problem girls playing as you see as you see for the photo I'm the only one that, that played majority of the time throughout my time in national school but I tried so many different sports in national school obviously Gaelic football being the first soccer basketball um I played a lot of handball and racquetball because we had a ball alley beside the school. Actually, my first All-Ireland I won was in handball. Um, yeah, so yeah, that's, right. there's another fact for you. So we done everything, like volleyball, um, we used to do rounders, um, uni hock, any, any sport that I could try when I was growing up, um, it all kind of came from national school. Um, and I suppose on the back of that, then I suppose that's really where my love for sport um, and particularly Gaelic football kind of started. And from, from there, I went to join the local boys team again um, at the only girl at the time um, and another girl then um, kind of followed shortly afterwards, um, who I still play to play with Karen O'Connor to this day. So... Um, yeah, that's where it probably all started, and yeah, my my very fond memories of sport in in um, in national school and what's the interesting thing going forward then into secondary school all my older siblings which I am from a family of eight went to a different secondary school so I cho- chose my secondary school on the basis of sport right. so yeah I went to Ballinrobe Community School um, where all my siblings went to Ball um, secondary school and yeah I suppose then that's really where my football flourished when I went into secondary school um, I was on teams with Chris Heffernan Marcella Heffernan and Denise Horn who were all Mayo stars at that stage and I went into first year and won yeah, two All-Irelands, a junior and a senior in first year. And then that's where my mayor career started on the, at the end of first year after, after all that. 
So are you looking at those teammates at that point and going, well, like they're able to do it. I'm sort of at that standard. You were incredibly young even when you went in with me. Oh, you 13? Yeah, so I was 13. As I said, it came off the bases. We had won a, a junior A All-Ireland with Ballon Rope. Um, and obviously I started on that team. But then to start on a kind of senior um, team in the secondary school in first year was rare. Mm. Um, you know, I was probably just 13 gone 13 at the time and you know as I said Ball and Rope are, are very well renowned at that stage I think they had won four All-Irelands in a row at that stage um, at senior level and I was going in with girls I suppose they were in leave insert that were probably you know 18 years of age and yeah I was lucky enough I made the team and I suppose that year um, in Ball and Rope was really the basis of um, where I got picked for, for uh, Mayo I remember the end of um, that kind of school year um, I got asked in for trials with Mayo um, by a lady called Eva Hannan, she was co- uh, coach at the time, and, and at that stage, National League they used to play two rounds of the National League before Christmas, and then continue it on after Christmas. So, yeah, I think I made my debut for the National League. Um, I always, I, I'm nearly sure it was either against Monaghan or Leash and kicked two five in that game. So th- th- you were like, I'm, I'm okay at this level. It's I don't know if I knew I was okay. I think it was just normal. I'm, because I was still playing boys football at the time. Um, I, like I played up up, up to um, under fourteen level with Ballantubber boys and you know competing well with them. Um, you know playing players like Alan Dillon was um, on my team and you know some other really great players. Um, so I think that basis of playing boys football from probably the age of seven to you know thirteen fourteen really made me be um, my skills being a lot better um, than they probably were against players I was playing because when you're playing boys football everything's done a little bit quicker just because naturally they're faster and stronger so I think that development helped me going into the Mayo setup. and yeah like if you've seen me when I was 14 13 or 14 I was very slight I was like I hadn't had any growth spurt at that stage I was thin and um, you know not that tall so you know I didn't certainly have the physicality but I had probably the skills and I suppose that's yeah, my Mayo, Mayo career took off. Um, that was '95 and in '96. Um, you know, I always talk about the crazy week um, with Mayo ladies. Um, we got to an under 16 All Ireland um, against, I think, it was Waterford, and we lost. Um, the following, um, the following day, um, I played in a senior All Ireland semi final for Mayo. 24 hours later, in McHale Park, at that time we lost by ex- after extra time to um, Leash. Um, and I remember that day I kicked one ten and, and missed a penalty in extra time. So um, and then the following weekend played an All Ireland minor final for Mayo as well, and we lost that. So that was three, three very hard um, defeats, obviously. But as you know, as a thirteen, fourteen year old at that stage, I think I was fourteen at the time. It didn't didn't affect me like defeats would probably affect you as, as the years went on. But yeah, I think that kind of first second season in with the Mayo seniors was really the basis for you know where everything grew and yeah the career took on from that and yeah ended up being being a very long career. You were growing into it nearly. You were mature nearly while you were uh, while you were playing what um, so you talked about like obviously playing for Mayo at such a young age and it does lead us into this photograph here so explain to us were you playing for Mayo seniors while you were in the, in this photograph yeah. what age were you yeah you yeah so that's um, me and Michelle McGing um, so a teammate of mine who played with Mayo for years and for Karen Cohn and as I was explaining earlier, Michelle was the other girl on the boys' team that played for Ballantubber Boys. So um, we were as thick as thieves. We were seen everywhere. Um, we done everything together. We done community games. Um, you know, played a range of different sports. We didn't go to the same national school or secondary school, um, but we were everywhere together. We were playing under fourteen, under sixteen, minor and junior at the time with Carney Cung because we weren't senior, and we were doing the same. Um, 
with, with Mayo. Michelle probably came in maybe the year after me with Mayo. So she was there all the way through up. So that's my only underage All-Ireland medal with Mayo and I was at under-14 level. Um, and I, th- I think it was around that time or maybe maybe shortly after that that I went in with Mayo. I think I maybe only have been about 12 or so at that stage. Um, but yeah, so that was... I, yeah, they were just fun times like um, and what did it, did it feel, so you were kicking 110 in a senior game at roughly that kind of yeah. age what were you doing at, at that oh yeah probably uh, yeah, I, I think I got player of the match I think I maybe kicked about 3-7 or 3-8 <laughs> in that, that final but um, it was all based off we were coming from a very like good underage club when I say um, underage club it wasn't we started off with community games so at that stage I'd been to Mosney which was the big thing at mm-hmm. the time now it's I think UL or somewhere they go and we lost an All-Ireland final to uh, Beaufort and Kerry um, by a point in, in, in Mosney um, and then we went on I think after this All-Ireland actually we went on and won uh, Fela A All-Ireland with Karen Cohen. Um, so a lot of the girls that were actually on the May 1-14 th- team that year were f- from um, that Mosney team and, and from Karen Cohen. and I suppose that's while it's a Mayo footer that's where our Karen Cohen career really took off um, we dominated everything from underage from Karen Cohen, from right from under 14 under 16 and minor and right throughout my whole career with Karen Cohen, the only county title that we lost I remember was an under 16 county title against a team called Kiltane which is down um, near Balmullet and everything else at underage we won and I might have played four or five years of minor so mm. and obviously that was the basis of um, you know Karen Cun for the next yeah probably for the next 15-20 years when we went on to dominate obviously county Connacht and All-Ireland level How did that group come together like I mean obviously you were a huge part of it you were shooting the lights out but as a thing was it like people looking at you going let's follow her this is amazing or how did that group come yeah, together yeah I think it was really interesting I think it was that kind of Mosney community games crew that came together and again as I said we didn't have an underage structure in Karen mm-hmm. at the time we just had community games so we didn't have underage and then the underage developed from this community games team that was put together um, and girls yeah just because we were very successful at community games we went to the, won it obviously in Mayo and then went in, out to Connacht and then wow we got to an All-Ireland final and um, you know, still one that hurts, and you know you're only probably 12 at the time. But we lost by a point that time, and from there, underage and Karen Cohn really kicked off. And yeah, we just shot the lights out. And then I suppose that underage, underage success then transferred, um, you know, to us winning. We were junior. We won the junior in '97 and '98. We were in our first uh, county title, um, senior county title, and we won that. And in that inter, um, in that period from '98 right through to I think maybe 2019, um, we lost one all our, our one county title, and that was um, in '99. So the year after we won our first. So, you know, I think we won something like maybe 21 or 22 county titles right. out of 23. So, yeah, that was the base for it. I just think success bred success, and yeah, anyone that was coming through just came into a really good system, and yeah, um, anyone that was. Um, at all talented as a 13 or 14 year old were put onto the senior team and when you're winning you're going to stay there as well it's not yeah. like there was an incentive to get out of there but uh, so we're going to skip on a couple of years here it's still a very young looking Cora Staunton yeah. and uh, this is 2000 I think and it's the All-Ireland final yeah yeah so that's uh, yeah bad haircut I don't know what was going on in them times when everyone was cutting their hair but um, yeah so that was the 2000 um, All-Ireland final so it was the second um, All-Ireland obviously we'd been in we'd, we'd won it the year previous in 99 but that was my first All-Ireland really playing um, and that was just a picture after the final whistle went. Um, so obviously, as I said, Mayo got to the All-Ireland in 99 the first time. I was 17, I think, at the time, 16 or 17, in fifth year in school. Um, 
and the week before the All-Ireland in 99 I broke my collarbone um, in a training match um, myself and Claire Egan came together and yeah that was my All-Ireland done so um, this was kind of my uh, first But you played? I, I, yeah when I say we played um, it was a token gesture between our manager at the time Finber Egan and, and the Michael Ryan the Waterford manager that I'd go do the parade and, and okay. play for the first I think it was 47 seconds and yeah you know I was in no fit state to play I couldn't lift my arm over my head even though I tried everything that week mm. to see if I could play but um, no I, w- I wasn't able um, so yeah that was kind of my um, and I had obviously came off the back of a very rough year the year previous where I'd lost my mother 10 months previous to, to the 99 All-Ireland so that kind of whole year and, and not getting to play in the final was very very hard so I suppose um, you know coming into, in, into 2000 I, I knew myself that you know as a 17, 18 year old you're like will we ever get back there and you know I was very driven that year um, to try and obviously get back to, to where we were even though I think I was doing leaving cert at the time you know leaving cert probably didn't take priority was trying to get back thankfully we did and we um, just about scraped over that All-Ireland I think it was a, a fluky enough goal that I scored towards the end that won it for us so yeah my obviously ambition growing up um, you know, people ask me that I was only doing a talk lately with kids. What was your ambition? My ambition when I was growing up was to play for Manchester United. I wanted to be you know, really, yeah, a huge Man United fan mm. and was back then. Um, but you know, that was never an opportunity. And my next thing was I wanted to play in Crow Park um, on All Ireland final day. I don't even know if I ever wanted to really win, but it was to play in Crow Park. And I suppose that was really my first experience of All-Ireland Final Day in Crow Park even though it was there the year previous but you're standing on the sideline and you feel helpless so. not the same yeah. oh yeah it's, it's certainly not the same so yeah that was yeah that was a big moment for me personally um, after probably the previous yeah, 12, 18 months that I had put down so yeah um, yeah, they were very good memories um, you know we were living the life as 17, 18, 19 year olds at them time winning All-Ireland with Mayo and, and obviously Mayo was a, a county that was starved of success in, in the men's scene and they had 96, 97 in the men's and, and they didn't get over the line so um, we had massive support then and coming back to the county them times was just you know we had the week of our life after that it was you know, it was amazing The curse never applied to the women Well I don't know if it never <laughs> applied I don't think it never applied but yeah. yeah the Mayo fans just were brilliant they come out and supporters in, mm. in their thousands and, and going back to Mayo after every All-Ireland was just special and yeah, you know, we were at the stage now where we're having reunions and you're meeting up with girls that you might never seen in a long, long time and you can still remember every small detail of happened in the in the on the day of the All Ireland but also the the kind of the week after that she got together and celebrated, you know, kind of ten or eleven months of hard work. I don't know about a fluky goal, but two two in a one point win and your first proper all, proper All Ireland. I mean, it's an amazing and the Marco Tardelli style uh, celebration as you're, as you're coming out there as well. Is do you? Well, you mentioned Man United just very briefly. Do you think about? Do you look at the WSL and events over there at the minute and all the Irish involvement and think? It was just a few years back that I. Yeah, I, I don't even think I was ever that talented enough in soccer. I know when I was about, probably be about, um, I went to under 16 Irish trials, um, and at the time they were pressing me to make a decision whether to go with Ireland under 16s or stay playing with Mayo. And, you know, there was, I don't even, there wasn't even a, a minute where I thought I'd go with Ireland. And Mayo was on a crest of a wave at that time, and I was playing so much football. Um, you know, I tipped away and then played local soccer. And, you know, lucky enough won a Irish Cup with Bally, or with Mayo, a Senior Cup in 2006, and then won I think two or three intermediate cups um, with Ballyglass and Knockhill Moss. So yeah, I, I don't think I'd ever be good enough to make it at the top level. I was, you know, one of these kind of. Uh, 
centre midfield players or maybe half a striker yeah who was tough and, and could you know get around the pitch but yeah I did, certainly didn't have all the skills but no I suppose I was lucky enough um, you know we'll probably talk about it later on I got to have that professional element with AFL but yeah certainly love to have played professional sport but yeah it's it's great to see that there's so many choices now um, and um, yeah if I was you know, 15 years younger I'd love to be down um, the professional element whether it be AFL soccer rugby whatever it might be I'm um, I'm intrigued by our next photograph because it's it's a couple of years on again. We're up to 2002, which is like the year from the gods for you particularly. But with this photograph particularly, there's like a I don't know what your facial expression is is saying there, but you might talk us. Yeah, I, I'm not not too sure either. I think uh, someone might have said something to me, but I suppose this was yeah. I suppose if you're looking for a year where and people ask you what's your biggest achievement, and you know that's very hard to define. But I suppose 2002 was a very special year, obviously after our defeat um, against Leash in 2001 and I suppose the um, involvement I had in the last last play of that game with Denise Horan and the short kick out and um, you know the devastation of that, that, that All-Ireland gone three in a row being probably the biggest thing um, and we really probably dominated that game and you know Denise kicked the ball short to me and at the time the rule wasn't very clear I picked the ball up inside the 21 and, and Marty Duffy at the time gave a free in and at the time I think there was maybe 40 seconds on the clock as the free is about to be taken by I think it was Mary Kerwin and the ball goes over the bar and I think there was maybe 8 seconds left and mm. you knew it all myself and Denise not that Denise more than me you know were lambasted for not knowing the rules and, and stuff like that so that was hard to take and then obviously we came back and, and won it in, in, in 2002 and you know a couple of months later I think that was probably close to December time we, we win our first All-Ireland with the club um, and as I said four years after winning um, our first county title um, going up senior in 98 um, I suppose to win that um, that was really special um, because again that probably brought us on to um, another um, probably era of dominance and, and, and driving really well with Cairnacun the thing I loved about Cairnacun when things probably wouldn't go right with Mayo um, on any given season you'd come back um, you'd probably have maybe a week to refresh or a week off and you're straight into club football and it's just like you're continuing on like you did with Mayo and you know we were so successful it, it made whatever um, heartbreak that you might have had with Mayo um, in previous um, months it made, it made it you know easier to take because you knew you were on another roller coaster of, of a journey and um, yeah 2002 was very special just because obviously for people that don't know Cairnacun is a small enough parish or, our men's club is Ballantubra but you know we're pulling out probably of maybe three and a half primary schools where you know there's, there's not much happening um, you know we've Two pubs and, and, and a church in, in, in the in the village, and you know our primary school doesn't have big numbers. So, yeah, that was just a huge achievement, and we're such a, a really young group. Um, bar one or two, I'd say we're majority of the group are probably under the age of twenty-two. So we knew there was a, there was a lot to come from the club, and I was supposed to be captain of it, the first All Ireland. Um, you know, it was really special, and you know. Yeah, just topped off a, a really good year for the club, and you know, for it to come so soon. As I said, we only went up senior '98 for Club All Ireland to come so soon, and realise how special it was to the people of the parish. You kind of forget about that. How many everyone from Carnacon and, and the surrounding areas were there that day, and even going home that night, and people like Jimmy Corbett who and, and Beatrice Casey, who have been involved in our club for years, and you know, Beatrice is still there. Um, you know, obviously Jimmy passed away um, a couple of years ago. That was like f- for them and 
and people that had been around the club for so long you kind of look at them and see how special it means to them and I remember always coming back to Carnacun that night and you know people just being so emotional and you know so happy that we had achieved and I suppose as I said from, for a small club and for friends and girls like Michelle that I had played with for, for years her sister Sharon there's loads of people um, that you know we were still probably what 22 or 23 at the time but yeah, we had achieved this probably we never thought um, you know growing up that that's a thing that we might achieve for, especially being from a small area There's nothing like it you mentioned the word special there but from a club point of view a small rural village in Ireland there's just nothing compares to the names that you've mentioned there people that were involved in, in building that club up your teammates what's the what's the position in, what, what's Carnacone's position at the minute is there has there been the next layer of players who were looking at you guys and thinking is something we can aspire to or with such a small community is it a struggle yeah it's, it's a struggle it's a struggle no we're, we're like we're, we're competing at underage we're certainly not winning at underage like you know we're not winning the A titles it's it's the bigger towns now the, the kind of the West Sports are probably um, the team that are, are, are very strong underage now um, but no we're st- we'd still be thereabouts thereabouts obviously um, the last two years we've, we've, we obviously haven't won the county title the last year I think we won it was maybe 20 2019-2020 so yeah there's there's obviously a little bit of a decline but I suppose what what people forget like we we were probably winning for two decades at senior level you know which is incredible really to have a group that are winning as I said probably uh, you know I'm not even sure of the figure something like 21 county titles out of 22 which when you think crazy, that yeah. that's it's it's really crazy that we we kept going for that long, um, you know, we, they'd still have huge aspirations to, you know, it's not that we're down at the bottom, you know, they got to a county semi final this year, um, and lost by a point, and, and the year previous we were in, we were um, in a county final, so it's not like they've you know gone really down. Our underage is, is um, thriving at the moment. We've we've actually quite a lot of um, good numbers and under tens, twelves, fourteens, probably sixteens and minors are, are the. Um, the ages there are probably um, a little bit, you know, the numbers are less. But we've, as I said, I'm talking about Michelle, but Michelle um, and a couple of others are really driving her underage. Michelle's daughter plays and she's representing Mayo um, at under 16 and minor level now. So, yeah, she's she's really um, pushing on her underage herself and another guy called Barry Crying. And, and it's it's flourish now. I actually done a presentation there, I'd say about two weeks ago, um, to her underage. And I couldn't get over how many, um, it was between under 12, 13. 14s and 14s how many girls were there so that that's great to see um, you know they have aspirations to, to do well and to grow the club but I, I think for a club that's so successful over a period of time that there has to be probably a little bit of a decline to, mm. to, get, to get back to the top again what are you talking to them about when you go in to give the presentation? I, from this, well, the little chat we had before we came on air, you're not showing them your medals, but uh, no, I, I suppose um, just uh, and just to enjoy it. That's the the main thing, I suppose. Growing up, and you know, you look back at your career, you you, you get so engrossed in it, and, and you're so driven to win that sometimes you don't really enjoy the wins. And probably over the last probably five, six, seven years, I, I've realise that whether it's been an AFL or certainly with Karen O'Connor when we have the wins that it's really important to celebrate them and enjoy them because I think if you're successful and you're winning year year in after year in you're kind of like you probably don't celebrate them as much as someone that might just win sporadically and win once off because it becomes the next task you know you win a county title probably don't celebrate it as enough because you know Connacht is the next goal and your next goal is in All-Ireland and then the All-Ireland is one you probably celebrate it well enough but you're thinking already for the next season so 
I think that was my mentality for a lot of my career. So towards the end of it, I'm trying to, you know, um, you know, uh, probably when I got into my 30s, you're probably trying to cherish each victory more. So it's it's to really have fun. Um, and I c- kind of keep telling them that your career isn't, that very, isn't, isn't very long. And I sometimes feel like a fraud telling them that because they look at me and go, you're still playing. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, the time goes really fast. So it's really to enjoy it. And basically what I, what, when I was talking to them the last day, I said, you know, um, your friends that you make from sport are very different than your friends that you make anywhere else um, and it's really important um, I was basically encouraging them to stick with it um, you know when it does come to choices of uh, you know your 14 and 15 whether it's you know other path in life or social life I said you can marry both but it's really important to stay um, with the sport because I actually spoke about where I had done another presentation the week previous to a club um, not too far away from me um, and I met a girl there and she actually played with me um, when I was that age 14 she gave up sport when she was probably about 16 or 17 she was one of her and her cousin were probably two of the best underage players I played with but they just gave up because other things came in life and I was back at a presentation and she was playing with another club now because she's married there um, she was in her early 40s and she just won junior player of the year so wow. I was trying to say to the girls, this girl is talking to me and telling me she re- so regrets that time that she gave up and she wished she never gave up. And I said, I have plenty of people that come back to me in their late 20s, early 30s and I wish I never gave up. I've just, you know, and they come back and play, whether it's junior football or Gaelic mothers for others, they just love that, um, you know, camaraderie and having something to... Mm be connected with so I was just trying to in some way impart that to them that was just basically trying to get them stick whatever sport to me that they stick with it because they make friends and have memories for life yeah, particularly on Carnacon because you <laughs> can't uh, give up that legacy that easy we're going to skip on a lot of years now this is up to 2017 and again it's the club this is the Mornaby game in 2017 I think uh, it's, it's the, do you know the thing that sort of jumped out for me for this you'd never from apparently in that photograph got like took the winning for granted yeah. like it clearly still meant so much to you yeah I think that was 2017 was a special year um, there was a lot of pressure on me I suppose that day and in that kind of month leading up all, all put on by myself obviously Um I think that's um, early December um, and sometime in October, you know, a couple of maybe two months previous to that, obviously I had went out to Australia mm. for a trial and had signed um, to go and play with the Giants. So um, when I come back from that trial, I come back on a on a Sunday, the following Sunday, we were in the Connacht final. And now I, was, I only was in Australia from a Tuesday Um to the Saturday, it was only five days, but I, I, I'm one that probably lives lives off guilt a little bit, so I was even guilty being away for that length of time. But then, obviously, the pressure that then came on the club, the attention that I was getting because of Australia, every every match became probably even bigger than it was. So I remember the Connacht final that year, we played Kilcar and Clumburn, um, and we probably hadn't been going that well. Um, you know, we got over the the um, county final, we played a Connacht semi final. I'm against the Ross Common Club. I actually flew out to Australia shortly after that. And we didn't play well that night. And the Connacht final, obviously, was two weeks later. And as I said, I probably missed maybe six days of training. I remember coming off the airplane um, in Dublin on Sunday morning to make it down for club training that Sunday afternoon. And we played, I think, six days later. And that Connacht final was probably one of the best games I've ever been involved in. I'm very cautious that I'm in, in peak condition you know I'm not jet lagged I can't show any you know weakness at all um, and we played Kilcar and Clumburn and it ended up being a draw in a mad high scoring game it was something like 5-17 to 4-20 something whatever it might be the scoreline and obviously there was huge 
a lot of media presence around Kilcurran and Carnacun have massive rivaling have probably since about you know we started playing them in 2013 um, yeah we don't particularly like each other but you know we've massive respect for each other this is in Ballyhonas and the, the place was packed and I think that day I came out, out um, scoring I think was something like 4-10 or 4-12 um, so that was that was we drew the game we were out again six days later playing them and again we had another humdinger mm. um, and I think um yeah, I, I scored a, a goal to probably win it in, in the last minute, and you know then that was the basis we went on to an All Ireland semi final to a final. But all the build up wasn't about Carnacoon; it was all about Cora going to Australia. So, yeah, I just didn't like that, um, and obviously there's a lot of emotions going on in me I made this decision then I'm like oh my god am I doing the right thing why did I say I'd go um, you know mm. all of this the All-Ireland Finals on a Sunday I'm flying to Australia on a Tuesday they wanted me to fly on the Sunday night mm. so I was trying to negotiate there's no chance of me flying on the Sunday night but at this stage I've probably missed five or six weeks of pre-season over there yeah. so I had loads of emotions going on in my head um, and I was just yeah I think I was just so um I'd so drained from uh, at this stage as well I had a documentary crew follow me my journey because they were going to follow me to Australia I had so much going on and so much to organise and then the All-Ireland final was there as well so yeah I just think the emotion that probably emotion came out towards the end of the game um, when we knew um, we probably had a one um, you know obviously that's the final whistle but um, yeah I just found that probably a couple of weeks build up being very very stressful and it was all about me and I just didn't like the way it wasn't about the club and it wasn't Did about you that with, the, with your teammates yeah or? yeah they, they, my teammates obviously know me very well and you know no I'm I'm there all the time and don't miss anything yeah, no they're very happy for me but I suppose I just felt that I was putting more pressure on the team to perform because of my decision so um yeah, and just even in the, 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 the days following, obviously you're celebrating in All-Ireland, but at the same time there's a bit of mourning as well from your teammates. They're, you know, they don't want you, your best friends as well, they don't want you to go, your family doesn't want you to go, but at the same time you're out enjoying yourself. So yeah, I remember that Tuesday I flew out to Sydney and I remember sitting in Dublin Airport in a corner before I was bored and going, oh, what am I doing? Oh, yeah, um, probably not in the best best shape, <laughs> um, physically or mentally. So, um, yeah, I remember that journey out to Australia. I actually um, badly damaged my ribs in, the, in, in that game. So I had to be checked out to see was it safe to fly that um, on that Monday um, for Tuesday. And then, yeah, so just the whole journey to Australia, I was, yeah, I was just an anxious mess the whole way out and arrived out on a Thursday morning. Um, my brother was out there at the time. He picked me from the airport and I think within four hours being out there, I had a teammate who I didn't know the person at the time, Rebecca Beeson, picked me up to go out to train and to meet 29 others that I had no idea who was. And going out there, I'm not very, I'm not really one for you know um, change and all that. You know, I I was in teams I've been playing in a long time. I've never been in new teams, so I you know don't have to do that new thing of going into yeah. a team and not knowing people. And I remember walking in there and <laughs> I slag her now, but the girl uh, Biso that brought me out, she just left me there. You have a locker and your number and your names on it, and I'm like, no one knew who I was or what was happening. I was just sitting there going, please, someone <laughs> come and talk to me or do something. Uh, so I found the struggle then missing everything at home and that struggle for the month of December or Christmas time and everything like I just really struggled out there um, you know I had an injury as well you didn't want to be telling them too much um, and then obviously the heat and then adapting to the game everything I was just like this is so hard and wh- why did I decide to do this I didn't need to you know but then I think it just 
we played a practice game early January, probably the first week in January, and it then just all came together. Yeah, I performed quite well in it, and it was just like something just clicked, and everything was everything was fine, and I'd settled in, and yeah, everyone you know got on with everyone over there. So, yeah, that that period of time, while it was brilliant winning the All Ireland, and you know as a as as the years went on, um, you know, obviously we lost Jimmy, who was you know being this cornerstone of Carnacun since I was a child, you know, um, two years later. So that was our last All Ireland victory, but it's probably the most special when you look back on everything that kind of happened. But there was different, there was guilt, there was there's a mixture of emotions in, in that photo, I think. But yeah, it's one I love, and we still talk about that win because that year we weren't going that well, and we had epic games along the way. Yeah, well, it's interesting because from the outside in, it all seems so exciting and exotic <laughs> and a new departure. And uh, I think, you know, it was interesting to hear you make the point about your family and friends, Ben unsure about you going over because I think there was obviously outside of that there was a lot of excitement about like a new departure for somebody who uh, definitely deserved a shot at, at professional sport and um, didn't it wasn't like the most linear thing and this next photograph might sort of uh, t- uh, bring us through sort of the trials and tribulations it wasn't quite your first game but it was the first third, fo- yeah it was our third game third game yeah, so we were um, away against Collingwood um, so we're in Vic Park in, in Melbourne which would be um, an iconic ground out there so so yeah um I obviously got to the game. There's a picture of me and Sonia, and I suppose the backstory with with Sonia is, you know, growing up, Sonia was the person I idolised, and you know, people always ask who did you look up to. There was probably a few. Um, Sonia obviously being the only female because there was no other females really visible at the time. She was a long distance runner. I certainly was never going to be into long distance runner. It's not my, not, not my game. But I looked up to her like all the time. Any of our races be on TV, you know, Sonia Sol was one person that she idolised. Roy Keane was obviously another because um, I was a huge Man United fan and I just wanted to be Roy Keane. And then obviously from football terms, um, I love Morris Fitzgerald and Kieran MacDonald. They were kind of my idols growing up and people that you, now you, you, we laugh, but like people that you just think you'll never ever meet them or see them or, you know, you couldn't, you wouldn't know they're what to say to them. Yeah, yeah they're, yeah, exactly. So um, this was our first, my, my first game, as I said, in Melbourne. Sonia lives in Melbourne. So she just rocks up to the game. Um, and I meet her afterwards and you didn't know she was coming to Jerry I didn't don't think I knew she was coming Um, how cool is that yeah had a a very good relationship with Sonia since and and have met her numerous occasions she's been to the Giants to the training ground her daughter was running in Olympic Park and you know she calls in she actually our ex-coach that was with the Giants she she even has a relationship with him but she was just so lovely she um, came that day but obviously in the middle of that game I got quite a, a bad tackle and broke my nose and was brought downstairs again I didn't know the rules at the time I had blood so you have to come off I was refusing to come off but eventually I had to come off um, the doctor at the time then was trying to fix my nose I was like there's no there's no need because it's been broken before I'd broken it um, in Gaelic football before that. so I was like just bandage me up it's fine I'll get back on and play obviously not the most flattering photo but <laughs> Sonia was there at the end of the match obviously my brother was there at the time but Sonia actually came down and addressed our playing group at the end of the match that was, our, that was my first win in AFL which wins and losses over there are huge they celebrate wins every win a lot different than we do in Gaelic so she came down and addressed the um, the group and, and spoke about um, 
the time that she actually ran in Vic Park um, mm. and um, in how, its previous iteration yeah, was it, yeah. yeah and how like special it was and she always remembered that there was a couple of people there holding Irish flags and how important that was to her and it, how it made her feel so she actually came with friends that day and they had an Irish flag mm. so she just spoke about it and then she just obviously spoke about me and yeah just from there like I was standing in awe um, you know a lot of the girls wouldn't have known her I think there was a couple that would have but yeah I just that maybe, you know, when I was a 12, 13, 14, 15 year old growing up, you know, you idolise her, she's your idol, and now your idol is there standing watching you play and, be, um, you know, speaking about you in, in a, a very nice way. It was just, yeah, it was one of these moments you go, wow. Um, and, yeah, I just think growing up, like, yeah, they might be your idols now, but they can be people that you, um, you know, meet and have a common ground with um, down the line. So, yeah, it's really special. And as I said, you know, even now, We'd, we'd tic-tac on, you know, social media and stuff. And, yeah, she'd always see how I'm doing if I was in Melbourne or she's in Sydney. Yeah. We'd certainly meet up, and even when, if we were both in Ireland. So, yeah, it's just, it's one of these moments, you know, even though I, what I was probably 35, 36 at the time, that I'm still in awe of her, mm. even though she's there to support me. So, yeah, it was one of these moments that I'll, yeah, I'll treasure. Maybe not the photograph. Um, yeah. <laughs> because, yeah. The that's bandage it. came off shortly afterwards. It did, yeah. It didn't look much better when it came <laughs> off. So, yeah, I had a, probably a badly broken nose. Had surgery at the end of the season um, to, to get it fixed. But, yeah, that's that's all about the game. But, yeah, it, it was a very special moment for me to, um, you know, to meet Sonia and to introduce her to probably 35 Australians um, and for her to speak in the, in, mm. in the change rooms after it was very special. You had lost over the tackle, which was uh, horrific, if anybody wants to look, look it up on YouTube. Um, and speaking of horror, this is another one that you've chosen for us. This is about a year later, certainly in the 2019 yeah, season, I think. Yeah, yeah. So I suppose this is a, a photo of my um, broken leg. And obviously, again, it's been well covered at the time. But I suppose this goes back to... Um, to me as a, sports, as a sports person so I just finished my second season with the Giants at this stage um, we had finished in the in the April April time um, and I decided at that stage I knew I was coming back for the 2020 season um, you know I'd spoke to to our coach at the time Al and yeah we decided I was coming back and I said to him you know it'd be no harm if I just stay on Have a, in some ways you know, I, I had obviously my Mayo career had finished, so you know, Carnacun was there, but Carnacun doesn't really, f- you know, start happening the main main part for probably till July, August. I'll, I'll go back and play obviously championship f- football for Carnacun, but I said I'll what I'll do is the season finished, I'll probably stay around for maybe two two months and and probably get a couple of local games in because at this stage. Um, you know, I probably played maybe 15, 16 games of AFL, which is, you know, it's nothing really. And I'm still only learning the game, going to do a bit extra training with him on skills while I'm out there. Um, and like, obviously the club are very good. They let me go home and play with Karen and when that's finished, I come out. So I do miss, miss a part of the, the, the pre-season from a skills point of view. So yeah, I, I decided to stay on. Um, and in my second um, game for a Sydney, a local Sydney team, um, UNSW, which is a, which is a, um, a college team, um, in the local like Sydney League, it'll be like you know the local football um, league. For, it'd be like playing for for Carnicon. Um So yeah, played one match with them. Second match um, played. Uh, the venue actually had changed, and it was a, a good drive from where I was living at the time, probably nearly an hour. 
I, I called a place called near Liverpool. Um, so yeah, I played the game, and I think we we're in the second quarter of the game, and I had the ball, and you know, I was trying to sidestep a player to take them on, and whatever way my foot got caught in, in the ground, I was tackled to the ground by the player. But as I was going down in the tackle, all I could hear was just yeah, crunch after crunch, and I was like, oh god, I'm in trouble here. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, didn't really know um, what had happened. Um, so got to ground and I got tried to stand, get up and stand up like um, but obviously my leg was just um, you know dangling in the air obviously it couldn't it just yeah there wasn't I couldn't obviously put it under me and I looked and I just let out a scream and I tried to get up again why I don't know and the same thing my leg was just dangling and my, my ankle was kind of turned the other way so at the time there was a Giants player our captain at the time was playing on the opposite team for the other club and she was just she just shouted at me and held me and said just don't look or just don't look I said too late I've looked <laughs> but yeah so obviously Ambos came and, and to hospital and I still I didn't know the extent of the injury I knew I had broken my leg but I just thought broken leg in my head maybe you know six eight weeks would be fine I was even asking the paramedics on the way to the hospital. They were just, yeah, I, I was high as a kite at the time after a couple of green whistles. But they were like, oh, you know, we don't know how long it'll be into into surge or into get X-rays done. And then they come out and they're like, oh no, you've broken really badly four breaks. Um, and with the one they were concerned is I had a very bad break into my ankle, which you know, again, I didn't really realise. And then just phone call, I had to have emergency surgery um, to straighten the leg because obviously blood wasn't flowing properly. So that was done, emergency sur- surgery on that Saturday, and then had surgery on the Monday. Um, yeah, and basically was told, you know, we're out, you know you, you're not going to get back. You know, if you get back walking, that's, you know, the, yeah. the biggest thing to get back even to running. That'll be huge and playing. And I knew every, straight away everyone had wrote, written me off. So I was like on Google that whole two nights um, because obviously you're in so much pain, you can't sleep, trying to... I was reading up about everyone that had broken their leg, um, so um, yeah, there was just there was so much going on. Um, obviously, people came in. My, my coach came in and visited me. I knew all these people were doubting me. So yeah, it, it was a mix of emotions that kind of couple of days. But you know, I, f- I forgot to say previous to that, that happened on the third of May. I had actually gone home in April um, for um, Jimmy's funeral. Mm. Um, I I was actually at a Sydney Swans game, just watching an AFL game, and I got a call to see he passed away like very suddenly he had a massive heart attack so as I spoke earlier on Jimmy was I've, me and Jimmy have they've been bringing me to football matches since I was seven years of age himself and Beatrice and have continued to do so right throughout my career so like he was like a second father to me so that obviously happened I flew home for the funeral and came back um, and you know said I'd be back obviously he was due to come back in kind of June time for Kearney Cun and like the guilt that was going through me them two days in hospital um, that now, like in my head, I was kind of going, it's May. Yeah. Uh, maybe will I get back for September for Kearney Cun? You know, and people were just thinking I was crazy. Um, so things like that, all that goes through your head. You're so far away from home. My actually brother was moving back from Australia the pr- next month for good. So there's, there's all of the, everything is going through your head, I suppose, at the time. It's, you know, it's quite a significant injury. I'm sitting there, there's this the end of my career, is this the way it's going to end? All of this. And I suppose the next, obviously, five or six months transpired. That happened in May. I, I got to come home in September, you know, when they, they were happy that, you know, I, you know, was kind of fit and, and you know, back running and, and all of that. So, but yeah, I suppose the, from May, June, July, August, that was 
mentally very, very, very tough. Like learning how to walk again, learning how to hop, all of that was like was so frustrating. It was so hard. Like I was tedious, nearly tedious. But yeah, I was just I was getting really frustrated. Like I was in the club six days a week, probably five, six hours a day. Um, doing rehab and they just I, I think it's a side they've probably seen from me that they probably hadn't seen the two two years previous you know they just thought I was yeah absolute psycho that you know I was, they were like oh my god like they, and they speak about it now it was a time that they said they, they really got to know how driven of an athlete um, I was I suppose so yeah that was a really tough time but um, I really had huge guilt again going back to club um, so I was trying my best to okay I'm going to get back and they were like there's no chance you're not playing so Vince <laughs> that left me home I think I went home sometime around the 15th of December and yeah I come on for about 10 minutes of the county final we won the county final and then went on to play um, the next game um, probably about 4 or 5, five minutes in the, in the Connacht final incredible but, yeah. given, given the uh, yeah and it was only 5 it was only 5 months after the injury and yeah <laughs> I didn't let any, I only let my uh, coach know in Australia. I didn't let any physios or strength conditioning coach. <laughs> they wouldn't. They, they wouldn't I said know. you can break the news. Um, he was like, just please text me after the match, say that you got through it, okay. So I texted him both times, say yeah, I got through it, okay. And yeah, we obviously lost that Connacht final to Kilcurran, and yeah, I probably went back to Australia. Um, a couple of weeks after that, I had probably about eight weeks at home, and yeah, I went back into full pre-season, yeah, and managed to to play every game since um, you know since then, since 2019, having missed a game over there. So, yeah, it was it was tough at the time. It, yeah, it really just tests your mental strength and resilience. And when you see um, serious injuries, obviously, I, I watched Tom Parsons Laker Gale there last week, and just yeah, I couldn't even look at the pictures of his of his knee, but you see the resilience and. How strong your mind can be, you can overcome anything. I suppose that w- that's what taught me, and t- taught me that you know the importance of enjoying every minute of that you're playing as well. So, yeah, it, it was really, it was a really valuable lesson. While you didn't probably want to go through it, it made me so much more resilient, and it made me value um, how important sport is and how quickly things can be taken away from you. Yeah, I suspect, given the career so far, that if we were to sit here in a few, a few years more time, there, there might be a few more photographs to add into the mix. There's punditry on the go at the minute. There's Galway Camogie coaching on the go at the minute. Is there anything else on the go later on in the year, or what are we? Uh, no, what we, we, we we'll stick at that. Um, yeah. So um, obviously, um, AFL wise, yeah, I'll have to kind of make a decision in the next kind of couple of weeks what I'm doing. Whether you know, I'll, I'll do another season back there. Um, you know, so you know, I'm very fifty-fifty at the minute. What will happen? Yeah, I'm obviously involved with Galway Camogie. That kind of came out of the blue. Um, you know, and as an Australia, got a, an email from Cahill Murray um, asking me would I have any interest in being involved. And then when I come home in December, I met him. And yeah, so I've been in with them since early January and really enjoying it. Um, you know, they're a great bunch of girls. Um, and very different, obviously. Um, it's probably uh, a pathway in, into coaching or into, into that role in the future if I want to go down there. And obviously the punditry with RT, I really enjoy doing that, um, you know, that's you're getting um, a hit from obviously being involved in commo- in coaching and in, involved in um, punditry. It's probably the hit that you you probably you need if you're not playing. Um, you know, I'll obviously you know go back and be involved in, in league football with Carnegie in, in a couple of weeks' time. So yeah, I'll continue to play. And you know, as I 
is that I'll make a decision around AFL very shortly I'd say and yeah it's you know life is good in, in regards I, you know still involved in sports maybe just at a obviously a different level but yeah certainly enjoying both um, and trying to pick up um, tips about Camogie because it's certainly one game that I've never played and, and yeah probably never will play Well look at your fit and you're healthy and you're still inspiring people all over the place and it's been a real pleasure picking through your career with these uh, uh, impeccably selected photographs Cora so thanks for coming in it was a real pleasure hanging out with you uh, all in partnership with Samsung of course uh, the share the epic with the new Samsung Galaxy S23 Ultra you can boost brighten and sharpen all the pictures and videos that you capture after dark from gigs to post dinner drinks or whatever it is you're having yourself with the power of nightography that is it uh, from Cora and myself for the minute Cora thanks a for coming in Catch really it down the track. and that is it from us for the minute Off the Ball with Samsung share the epic with the new Samsung Galaxy S23 Ultra